one. You're listening to the dollar. Action. From the top. Back to one. On the All Things Comedy Network, this is an American history podcast. English. Each week. English accent. I, man with a hat on, guy who has two eyes, fellow enjoys his Apple Watch, Dave Anthony reads a story from American history to a guy. Now your friend, your best friend, your best friend in Hollywood, Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. I don't have you're any my friends best friend in Hollywood. You're the best friend that I've ever had. This is a song from Dave Anthony, dog owner and dad. Hey, Gareth, I sure love you. This is a song from Dave that I've been dying to sing about my buddy who's named Gareth, not Gary. I'm a good guy. I look like. Marion Barry, the mayor who smoked crack. That's why I'm back. Dave loves Gareth. You make me sick. Wow. And called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy. Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait, is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like anarchy. On a five-part coefficient. <laughs> now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo. No sleep tell hippo. Uh, action part. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> You're a problem. Is that it? Yep. That's it. We're going home. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Ruined it. Um, Dave, I'd like to invite you specifically to come see me do some stand-up on the road. A lot of these bits are underdeveloped. It's going pretty good, though. March 13th, I'll be at Summit City Comedy in Fort Wayne. March 14th, I'll be in Indianapolis. March 15th, I'll be in Louisville. March 16th, I'll be in Columbus. March 17th, Dayton. March 18th, Perrysburg. March 19th, Perrysburg. Uh, no, that's March 18th again. March 19th, Cleveland. March 21st, Lexington. March uh, 22nd, Richmond Heights, Missouri. March 23rd, Kansas City, Missouri. March 24th and March 25th, I'll be in Des Moines. And March 26th, I'll be in Omaha. April 12th, Tacoma. April 13th, Spokane. April 14th and 15th, Bozeman, Montana. Last best comedy. You can go to GarethReynolds.com for ticket information. And there's also some dates in July being added. You are exhausting. What about, no, screw you. What? Dummy. You're the stupid one now. Cool MAGA hat. January 11th. He was the best president we had. <laughs> and next president. July 11th, 1822. Year of our Lord of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, cool. You know, a lot of us uh, Christian folk don't appreciate you taking the piss. Uh, most Christian folk are super in to people taking the piss about the the the, the mighty Jesus, J Town. <laughs> Listen to me as a as his nickname as a non-religious person. I'm not going to allow you to start th- tossing in J Towns. It's his nickname. No, J-town. just stop. 
is. That's what his really tight friends call him. You, you, listen, I shouldn't have giggled because shut your mouth. You're not going to start calling Jesus J-Town. You Why understand not? me? Well, he's not like a guy who walks into a bar that you're buddies with. J-Town! <laughs> hey, I think we should get that Jaeger out. Guess who just came in? It's J-Town. J-Town. <laughs> well... Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, that nickname's going to stick. Oh, God. I think we're beyond nicknaming. <laughs> we're still, uh, as Christians, we're still looking we're, for a Jesus nickname. trying to hip it up for the kids. Hey, y'all, uh, cool, nice dubs, gang. <laughs> y'all ever heard of J-Town? <laughs> Peter Donahue was born in Glasgow, Scotland. To Northern Irish parents, Peter Donahue and Mary O'Kane. That's right. We've had a baby. That's right. And unfortunately, we think it'll be Scottish. That's right. I'm a little baby. And I've got the accent of, of Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> he had an older brother, Michael, a younger brother, James, and two sisters, Ellen and Anne. Wow. As kids, the brothers worked in sweatshops. Sure. I mean, what else are they going to do? Ah, we still have that. We never got rid of that. Well, I thank God that came back recently. Yeah, we yeah, discovered yeah. the kids are working in meat packing. Yeah, it's cool. In 1833. But their little hands get the yeah, ground yeah. beef more than the adult digits. And they can pull out the, the innards that they need to pull out. Yeah, they got those out. little hands. It's yeah. easier. In 1833, the family headed for America and ended up in Amatawan, New York. The boys did not uh, go to school, but instead worked at a cotton mill. Sure, that's basically class. Yeah. Uh, and then they moved on to working in a locomotive factory. <laughs> sure. What year is this? Uh, this is, they got to America in 1833. Okay. A locomotive factory? Uh, yeah, that's a train. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> right. Does that train go to J-Town? <laughs> Uh, when Peter was a teen, he landed an apprenticeship with Union Iron Works in Patterson, New Jersey. Oh, gorgeous. Uh, being, being, a, being a teenager and gorgeous, living your dream, working in an iron works 12 hours a day. Christ, I'll tell you, what's nice is having to leave the beautiful hills and sprawling grass of Glasgow to come to this place. Beauty. Ooh. I wonder what old Jersey looked like. <laughs> Couldn't have been nice. Uh, he, uh, was working as a student machinist and making a buck 50 a day. And then his brothers followed him, uh, in and, uh, Michael became a molder and James, a boiler maker. A bo what, what was a boiler maker? It made, uh, made boilers. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now it's a drink, but, uh, yeah. but back then you literally you were making, just, yeah. yeah. Um, in December 1845, Peter helped uh, build a gun a gunboat for, gun okay. for the country of Peru. I mean, by the way, there's just some terms now that like my mind goes to like the 2023 version. Like yeah. a gunboat to me now would be like a uh, aquatic gun. That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, like you would be like on revolver the ship. Yeah, or like you know the SS Uzi. Well. Uh, so he made it. They made it for the country of Peru, and he just—I don't know how this worked out—but he got on the ship and went to Peru okay. on its maiden voyage. Sure. Uh, his brothers then went to into the military and fought in the U.S.-Mexico War. Okay. And after a bit, Peter headed uh, north 
Peter North. Peter North, because California had struck gold, and he was going to go get some make uh, his fortune in the gold. Uh, absolutely, fields. I'm a bit more mature now, right? How old am I? Like, oh, you're about uh, twenty-three. Yes, twenty-three. Mm. Absolutely stunning. Now a man. Uh, so, do you like what I've become? No. Mm. You're just like his brothers joined him. Jesus, these dudes like they get, like each other. Get your own, get your own, get your own gig. Uh, James had a crude metal workshop in Yerba Buena Cove, which is in San Francisco. Sure. It was an adobe shack roofed with sails. Yep, that's perfect. That's good for, for sure. metal work. Hopefully it doesn't get windy. Yeah, or then rain. Adobe. Yeah, or rain. <laughs> but uh, as far as the wind, oh no, Christ almighty, where are we? The Pacific Ocean, bloody breeze. They expanded it into a bigger blacksmith tent and built a furnace out of an old smokestack that they took from an abandoned steamship. Wow. Okay. That's that kinda... just going you could take giant things from ships laying around. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So they just Okay. That sounds pretty like crafty. Yeah. <laughs> the business grew. Um, now there's a lot of fires in San Francisco uh, because it's a windy place and Oh is... Christ. I mean J Town. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in 1851, 18 blocks and 2,000 buildings burned. Wow. Great for the guys, though, because they scavenged the ruins for metal, and they would make new appliances out of the old burnt ones and sell them off. We call it the toaster. <laughs> this is a stick. Here you are. Uh, then they became, uh, then they transitioned into a ship repair company. Okay. And then they founded California's first Iron Foundry. Okay. So they're doing really well. Yeah, right. Uh, they became, they named it the Union Iron Works after the place they had worked out in New Jersey, which they apparently love so much. Well, they, yeah. It like, was so great how, when I was how a long, child. And it was also probably long, like a lot, like, I mean, whoever started in New Jersey, it's like 50 years later, like, we just got word to you about the lawsuit. Like, <laughs> they're taking your name, like, oh, uh, that took forever. Oh, um, so now they were the biggest ship, shipbuilding operation on the West Coast. Uh, they had 80 employees. In 1857, the Sacramento Daily Union reported, quote, with regard to the health of those employed in foundries, the brawny arms and stalwart chests of the operatives we saw while inspecting the Union Ironworks sufficiently show the manly and invigorating nature of the work they perform. There is, is surely like... <laughs> no feminine or enivorating labor about a foundry. So this is kind of just like, yeah, they're just like, pure. they may as well be banging steel with their dongs. <laughs> Absolutely pure, unadulterated, testosterone men. You should see the balls on these men. And you're able to. <laughs> Because each apron's got a hole cut inside of it, where you may see the jennies of each man. Yeah. While making certain things, it's not common for these men to get enormous erections. Oh, yeah. So, and then they bag them into each other, and it sounds like someone's kicked a gong. Oh, they call it dong gong. Oh. So the article we were just talking about, their arms, are they kind of big, muscly They've got big, veiny, muscly arms, and it yeah. goes all the way down to their beautiful dicks. No, no, we're Yeah, just... and they don't even have arms. They've just got extra Johnnies. <laughs> okay. Yeah, these are blokes made fully of 100% Tadger. 
I don't think we can print oh, this. Oh, they're just sucking each other's arms. Wait, what? Oh, the blacksmithing. Oh, you should see it. The day I was there, they didn't even make a bloody thing. They just had cockfights. All right, so I do realize this is your first story working oh. for us as a reporter, but oh. we're not going to... Give me a cigarette before I explode. <laughs> we're not going to actually need your services. Oh, my God, you got to go see it for yourself. Uh, no, Woo. Oh, I'm really ripped on this one. Yeah. Oh, I'm fucking jazzed. Okay, thank you. Oh, I'm going to take my own life. <laughs> Why bother continuing past this beautiful apex? <laughs> so the Donahue brothers were nicknamed the Iron the Man. The Donahues. No. Yeah. <laughs> they were nicknamed the Iron Man. Iron Man. Yeah. At the time, there were no gas works on the West Coast. Only Merchant Street had lighting, which was done by oil lamps by hand. Sure. And so Peter knew gas was the next big thing, and he talked his brothers into getting into the gas business. Okay. And they went all in, even though they knew nothing about it. Sure. So they learned about it, they studied it, and then they got a franchise from the city of San Francisco in 1852. And on August 31st, 1852, the company was incorporated as the San Francisco Gas Company. Two years later, on February 11th, 1854, city streets were lit by gas for the first time. Wow. From the Alta California, quote, in traveling over the muddy sidewalks and in wading through the street crossings, there was a light ahead, which showed the pedestrian had to pick his way and seemed as if some sort of a guiding star. I love that. Everything they're like, you could finally see how shitty everything is. <laughs> finally, with the beauty of gas lamps, you can realize you probably would have died if you continued to walk home this way. It's just amazing. The it's roads a, were paved with quicksand. And muddy shit road. Muddy. Oh, it's like a guiding star. It's a light. Oh, that's real. Yeah, it's a sign. <laughs> what about over there? Another sign. Oh my God, it's J Town. Oh my God, I don't know if he likes that name. So he does. No, he doesn't. He so likes that, it a lot. He's never confirmed that he liked it. The new Jesus has his hat backwards. He's What's not up, wearing kids? a hat. He had a crown of thorns. I'm Jesus. You guys want to hear a rhyme? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I do. Jesus no, I wants your rhyme. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Go ahead, Jesus. No, no. No, no. Go ahead, I Jesus. would not be more of a white guy doing that. It's uh, very upsetting. Uh, well, I think that we all would like to hear your Jesus rap, I think we would, too. <laughs> uh, so business keeps increasing. The Donahue brothers are now just rich. Right. Peter built a mansion and gave his wife a coach made of glass for her birthday. Look at that. It's like a bull you can ride in. <laughs> This is also the time that just there's just filth everywhere. Yeah. It's just people who are just like, I need some bread. Do you have any bread? And look what I made. Of course we do. We've got a ton of it. Fuck off. <laughs> so wait, what did he put her in? Like he, he built a a coach yeah. out of glass. <laughs> a glass coach. It's a glass coach. So he's coach. mobiling her. Yes. <laughs> and so she could just kind of in her little floating orb ride around the poverty streets. Yeah. And just be like. Just throwing shit at people. I don't know what you do. For Thank you, miss. Yeah. Uh, they expanded into other developments, politics. Peter got into railroads, uh, but he only hired white men and mostly just Irish. Okay. From the society. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> from the Society of California Pioneers, which is an organization Peter was president of. Quote, Mr. Donahue was steadfastly opposed to the employment of Mongolians in any service that would be antagonistic that to so that of the white race. Specific. Cheers. I mean, good Lord. And it is. It's, so it's just propaganda about 
him because it's a publication by him for him. Yeah, he's it's like Bezos fluff piece. He's like, look, I only hire white people, and I'm going to yeah. put that in my thing. He's like, huh? Pretty good article I wrote, huh? <laughs> I'm all, I'm all for the whites. <laughs> and then uh, electricity came. Oh gosh, can you imagine what it's going to do to the factory? <laughs> I can't. Eh? Well, it's a very big threat to their gas monopoly. Oh, wait, I don't think we like it. It's bad? Yeah, because it's a threat to our monopoly. There you go. Yeah. In 1879, San Francisco became the first city in the U.S. to have a central lighting generator for customers. And not a lot of people know they still use the exact same one. (laughs) Now, the brothers died. Um, The brothers died? Yeah, we're done with them. What? Uh, Peter died. But they were just pure, unadulterated, sexy men. Yeah, they're gone. But they lived a long time. Peter lived till uh, 1885. How old was I? Uh, you were like 60 something. 60 something. Nine? Uh, 63. Oh. The other brothers died a few years earlier, so they. Whatever. They're gone. Any parting words for me since I've gone? No, bye. Well, get I'm, out. Uh, amazing. No, no, you don't get to sing for yourself. Why? No, that's not how we I'm do it. I'm about to go off into the clouds. No, you're already Where in the I clouds. Live. You're I'm dead. I'm going to J Town. Oh, well then, going wrap. up there. <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> no, you put your hat backwards and you wrap. That's what J Town wants when you get no, there. No, I feel like no. That was your thing earlier. <laughs> no. Um. So in 1888, the first electric streetlight was installed in front of City Hall. And then came an electrical grid. Mm-hmm. Other electric companies popped up. Lots of rivals. The gas uh, Pacific Gas Improvement Company was the largest. So they start buying each other and merging all these companies. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> and on October 10th, 1905, this led to a monopoly, which was called the Pacific Gas and Electric Company. Oh, my God. How are you feeling right now? I'm not excited. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Oh, good God. Just a few small competitors. What have we done? <laughs> what have we do? Just a few small competitors remained. In 1906, the San Francisco earthquake struck, and PG&E was the only gas and electric company standing after the earthquake. All small competitors were wiped out. A lot of people think they were behind the earthquake. Yes. In 1909, PG&E began publishing a journal. Issues were sent to clients. It included sections, manufacturing and technological developments, political matters. Oh, my God. Scores from company baseball games. What? A section called Some Strange True Gas Stories. Mm, What? Anonymous humor columns. Personals. So they just fully had a gas paper? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> the gasette? Imagine putting your personals in the gas the personals. paper. Personals. I want to meet a nice lady who also likes gas. Gas-loving single woman <laughs> looking for a man who embraces the gas life. Uh, a question box? Poetry? Um, if I may, this poem's... Uh, also about gas. <laughs> Since in the Gaslight District. Short fiction? Short fiction. <laughs> this, is, this is not okay. One night I was out walking the streets and I smelled gas. <laughs> Bert, is that you? I said. But no, it was coming from the lamppost. 
the gas lamp posts. And that's when I saw J-Town. Okay. <laughs> Dig this. Cats and dogs. Little story about some gas I found underwater. <gasps> uh, there are also biographies of executives. It had in a section called Accidents and Their Lessons with the brief description of employer deaths from that month. Employer deaths? Employer, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that seems like the only section that they would not keep today. Yeah, right? <laughs> so throughout the 1910s, PG&E expanded, uh, bought reservoirs, ditches, dams, and flumes from the mining industry as it sought to get into hydroelectric power. Sure. By 1914, PG&E had become the largest system on the West Coast and ranked among America's five largest utilities, operating in 30 counties in Central California, uh, supplying a population of 1.3 million. Great. Keeps growing. Great. Building long pipelines from Texas to bring in natural gas, which was a new, cleaner, cheaper way. It's very clean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> It's so good. America's veins. Can we find something that actually makes us heat up faster? Yeah. Uh, so this is around World War II. That's happening. PG&E built its first two compressor station stations in Topak, Arizona, and Hinkley, California. Okay. Their new network would serve 4.2 million customers. And they, and they take it seriously. Yeah. Compressor stations increase the pressure to keep the gas moving through the pipeline, quote, to prevent rust from corroding, the cooling PG&E uses the corrosion inhibitor chromium-6. Chromium-6 is one of the cheapest and most efficient commercially available corrosive inhibitors. Is it safe? Chromium-6 has been a known carcinogen since 1925. So cheap, not safe. Yes, cheap, not safe. Interesting. I mean, you. those names are always a bit of a giveaway. Chromium? Yeah, it sounds like a villain from a Marvel movie and is always followed by a number. <laughs> yes, that's not you good. You know. From 1952 to 1966, PG&E dumped 370 million gallons of chromium-6 filled water into unlined ponds and created a plume of contaminated groundwater about two miles long and one mile wide. You sound cheery. It's not good. Yeah. The plume size only increased over time. And PGD didn't report their dumping for another 21 years. This is one of these feel-good episodes, yeah, right? Yeah, this is, a, this is a happy one. Over that time, Hinkley had an inexplicable rise in birth defects and illnesses. Hmm. What do you think it was? I have no idea. I assume it's because they were doing something smoking, maybe? I don't yeah, know. probably. Hey, it's me from before. Hey. Hello. Hello. Felt like I should pop back in because it's getting dark. <laughs> Well, the thing you started? Yeah. Really fucked. Why do these children have four legs? Yeah, that was because of you, what you began. But I was just trying to huh? have some fun with my brothers. Okay, murderer. We were just donging about. Donging about. With a donger you. Oh, no, it's too weird now. What? What is it? Oh, don't tell me the climate's changed. Well, it's just that... What? People are more sad. What, am I going to get cancelled? No, no, it's... A, you're going to cancel me and the boys? It's that kids have birth defects and people are dying of cancer and you're running around talking about dongs. Well, maybe if we dunk ourselves in this polluted, corrosive water, we might get extra dongs. 
Yeah, no, no. that's crazy enough to work. It's not. No, it burns. It's, yeah. And I'm an angel. <laughs> so on December 7th, 1987, PG&E, PG&E discovered chromium had entered Hinkley's groundwater supply in 10 private wells. Some Hinkley residents believe PG&E knew of the chromium-6 contamination as early as 1965, but told no one. So the regional water board orders PG&E to clean the water. But how, uh, okay. Clean it up. Yeah, but how, I mean. Put the, I, uh, uh, a filter or What something. do you get like, yeah, but you get like a pool net? Uh, you got charcoal. Just go ahead and drain it through that's, that. That's that's what I never understand with these sort of situations yeah. where it's just like, hey, we'll figure it out. It's like, <laughs> no, I don't think that's how fresh water works. Pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so they're ordered to clean it. And residents in Hinkley start... We should start ordering them to drink it. Yes. Like they should have to drink all of it. Yeah. Not like the little fake Obama sip and flip. No, that's right. They, they have to drink it every they day. They have to like just yeah. drink it. Swim yeah. in it and drink it. You got to toss your kids in it. Yeah. We got to fill your pool with it. And it's the only water you can use. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. That's totally that. fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so residents begin to believe the drinking water, dust particles, and soil are causing the cancer, birth defects, and tumors. It's uh, it's a very rural area, so PG&E responds by stating, "quote The frequency of these type of health problems was not statistically significant in a population the size of Hinkley." Was not statistic. So basically, they're saying like this is just regular birth defects. Again. Yeah, these are just rural rural people get tumors and birth defects. Well, it's- that that is one of the things going on now that is like. It's really a bit of a fucker because it's a bit of a fucker. It's a bit of a fucker because you, the distance between when you're ingesting these things or when you're exposed to these things and the thing that kills you can be so long. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, cancer is just, I mean, cancer is obviously, you know, on the rise, but Mm -hmm. it's like, it's. For some reason, we're 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 not able to kind of like shrink that timeline enough to be like you did this. Yeah, we're like, gosh, a lot of people in this city got cancer. Huh? Yeah. In 1993, Aaron Brockovich, a legal clerk, began investigating the Hinkley illnesses and aided in a class action lawsuit. 650 plaintiffs. Quote: Attorneys for the plaintiffs also alleged that two PG&E employees. Turned whistleblowers were instructed by PG&E to dump all of the Hinkley compressor station records. Oh, my God. In the water. <laughs> Put it in the chromium. Hurry. In 1994, they a fire... the Oscar. Yes. In 1994, a fire in Nevada County burned 500 acres, 12 homes, and a school. PG&E was charged with 739 counts of criminal negligence for failing to trim trees near its power lines. It took the court clerk an hour and a half to read the charges. Oh, my God. Can we take a brief recess in the charge <laughs> no, reading? No, we got to get through this. I just, I'm so, my tongue hurts. Yeah. Uh, nope. You got to keep going. All right. Killing. Dumping. <laughs> <laughs> Inspections across Western Nevada found 200 safety violations where PG&E's power lines were touching nearby vegetation. Uh, during the trial... Internal PG&E memos revealed that PG&E's corporate headquarters praised managers for cutting down on tree trimming costs. Yeah, that is the fucking thing. It's so like, 
Oh God, it just doesn't stop with this. Where it's just like it's like, yeah, okay. Like I mean, it's it's everything now. Where yeah. it is just basically like save so a little spend money, spend a little there, and yeah. then it'll be okay longer. But yeah, don't like, don't no. put new brakes on that train yeah. going through Ohio. Yeah. yeah, or don't put two people on that train. It's yeah. just one. Yeah. Uh, a, a prosecution expert testified PG&E had diverted $80 million from its tree trimming program into shareholder profits. There it is. So they're taking the things that will make everything safe. And they're putting it And they're giving the, it to the shareholders. The 0.1%. Which then causes fires. Yes. But not, not for them. And they were, they were fined $2 million. Well, why so you can see they, the difference yeah, between why wouldn't they do it? Do you, is there a difference between eighty million and two million? Um, hold on. It's hard. Hold on. Just... Okay, okay. I, want, I don't want to rush you. I don't want to rush Please, you. Please let the human calculator calculate. Okay, eighty million and two million is what we're talking about. Which is, is the greater is sum? A, which is bigger? Which is the bigger sum? Yeah. Out of eighty million. Uh huh. Two million. Two. The other one's two. Yeah. They weigh the same. No, they're different. Um, one's a Trick lot question. more. A lot. More. The mother was the doctor. That's right. Nevada County Deputy District Attorney Jenny Ross quote: "Hopefully, this sends a message to upper level management that they must do whatever is necessary to comply with law and protect public safety." And I think that history has shown that it has. <laughs> we'll be right back. You learned your lesson. Yeah. All that profit you made. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm the only one talking to the camera. Oh, sorry. All that profit you made. Nope. The Hankley case goes to arbitration. Okay. The judge informed pg lawyers that an award-winning 1987 study by a Chinese, by Chinese scientist, Zhang Dong Zhang, would be very influential in the case. Did you say Dong? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Brothers, it's our time to shine. They've called us back down to earth. The chosen word has been spoken. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so Zhang had found a link between ingesting chromium-6 and stomach cancer in northeastern China. Mm-hmm. Well, shocking. I mean, it is shocking that we're like, can you study this? Yeah. The first 40 of the 648 Hinckley residents... In arbitration, got a total of 120 million. Wow! So PG&E was like, "We're going to get our asses handed to us." So they settled 333 million to the 648 plaintiffs in 1996. Okay, it was the largest settlement of a direct action lawsuit in U.S. history. PG&E was required to stop using chromium six and clean up the plume. But the clients only got 196 million of the 333 or 300,000 per person after legal fees. Right. Dennis J. Postenbach is an American scientist, businessman, and researcher. And he created a consulting firm called Chemrisk in 1985. Oh, dear. What? Doesn't Chemrisk sound nice? Oh, God. Doesn't it sound nice? Like a nice, happy Chemrisk? No. It uses toxicology and risk assessment to characterize uh, the hazards uh, of chemicals in oil, in soil, air, water, and food, sediments, and consumer products. Chemrisk clients include British Petroleum 
and PG&E. As a PG&E consultant, Dennis made $300 an hour. So chemist scientists go to China and they pay Zhang. Oh, no. 2000 to reanalyze his data. Then they published new changed results, which exonerated chromium six as a cancer causing substance. Because they just bribed the guy? No, they just, they just, they got, they just paid him to look at the right. data. Then they just changed it. Okay. And then they published it in the Journal of Occupational Environmental Medicine without getting permission from Zhang. The second author on the original paper was now the lead, and Zhang names was misspelled oh, in several places. So they just went and found that guy. He's like, for sure. The report did not acknowledge that Kemrisk had done almost all of the work in the new study. Right. So they just wrote it, published it, and then they're like, we're good. <laughs> and so chromium is fine. Chromium is fine. I just don't get What's it. What's the problem? I, what I don't get is it's not like it's, I mean, we don't have Elysium yet. <laughs> like, this is your shit, too. Yeah, but it's not going to affect them because they actually live in rich places where it doesn't affect them. Yeah, it doesn't but at some them. point. No, it won't. Yes, at some point they'll have to come down and like, drink our... They'll have to, at some point. Why? Be, because time, because it, the, the eventually it, push will come to shove and they will run out of resources too. Uh, Maybe not in our lifetimes. Uh, uh, so in 1996... Deregulation comes to California. Oh, what? Like, oh, oh, I shockingly thought it was already here. <laughs> if there was ever a company that needed to be unburdened by regulations, Absolutely. it is the honest and great PG&E. Yes, for sure. At first, PG&E said they were against uh, this deregulation, but conservatives and companies uh, like cement companies and steel companies are pushing it hard. Because they think it, it's going to lead to lower rates for them. Mm-hmm. So once pg and is like, well, this is definitely going to happen, they spend millions in contributions uh, to lobbyists and whatnot to advance their position. pg and thinks they can make more money and buy cheaper uh, gas from out of state. Okay. So these regulations are going to make it so they can buy from anywhere. Right. Cheapest on the market. Uh-huh. One reason... In-state electricity is so high is because of uh, mistakes and overcosts that have happened. Like when PG&E built the Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant, they built the reactors backwards. Mm-hmm. An engineer mm-hmm. in 19... 19- <laughs> sure, that happens. I mean, it's like Lego. It's Ikea. It's like a dresser. Oopsie. Yeah, you just got to... You built it backwards. Yeah, you built the reactors backwards. I yeah. mean, that happens. Sure. Who, how can you not? It's an easy mistake to make. Dave, it's just, what's, it, the, what's the big deal? Yeah. Do you need the thing that's called the reactor? Yeah, no. I, I mean, it's, uh, it's backwards. It's now not it's a, big a non-actor. Deal. So fine. now you just flip the rest of it around. Absolutely. Yep. Pull that, the mirror up. Yeah. In 1981, a PG&E engineer discovered design drawings of the components of the two reactors were reversed, which led to a rash of studies and changes. The plant basically ended up being built three times and cost almost $5 billion more than expected. Mm-hmm. So the second time they built it, they're like, oh, God. 
<laughs> Did you double reverse this? Yeah, I thought that no. then it goes back to the other way. No. Oh, fuck you. What? Now we're ready. Did let's you, get. Let's do the nuclears. Did you build it upside down? Yeah. No. I just reading it on my head. What the fuck is wrong with oh, you? Oh, I was reading it on my head. Can anybody tell me why we just had this one guy do this and he's clearly an idiot? Yeah, we're not gonna leave here until no. we find out who Yo, did it. I'm talking what to do you. Mean? Frankie. We're not gonna leave here until we find out who did this. You're the guy. Yeah, I'm in charge. Let's build it again. This time with pudding. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. So all of these, there's also another nuclear power plant they built and then found out it was on an earthquake fault. They had to shut down. So all of these things are just being passed on to the consumer. All of their total and complete insane fuck-ups. Well, to be fair, I mean, that, that's, on, that's on the general public for the fault. <laughs> that's whose fault it is. Nonetheless, Wen Chen of Credit Suisse said, quote, PG&E has been well run relative to other utilities around the country. Sure. Great news. So investors like it. Right. Great. But an attorney for the Utility Reform Network said, quote, there has been this almost endless stream of fiascos. Humboldt, Diablo, Helms, the train trimming controversies. So... They're making money, so investors are like, oh, awesome. But they're clearly... Horrible. Idiots. Yeah. Like, just spectacular idiots. But they're making money. They're making money. So, with deregulation, PG&E splits into two companies. And they, they were allowed to do that because, in 1987, the California Public Utilities Commission was dominated by Republicans, and they voted to allow a company to split and create like a holding company and keep the money here right. and the, the other functioning company. So PG&E now has one regulated company and one unregulated company. Which is fine. Because, <laughs> because if you think about it, they're probably going to do most of their stuff through the regulated one. Yes. The, all and the, the unregulated one is just kind of like, Maybe. Yeah, like a maybe. So we might do Probably stuff with this. Probably won't use it a bunch. Not very Because we got the all. regulated yeah, one. Yeah, you got we want to play it by the rule. That's right. And then we got the one in <laughs> So. Yeah. It's like a dude with two cell phones. Yeah. It's like, I got the one everyone knows about. And don't worry about anything because I got the one you don't know about. I'm not cheating on you. I'm not cheating on you. I just got two cell phones. <laughs> What's the big... <laughs> Baby, you know the number to this one and you're welcome to go through it. What's in the other one? Oh, it's just I'm not going to be I, I able li- to let I, you see I, that one. I, I like it for the look. Yeah. I like the way it looks and feels. You're not going to go through that one because you're going to see some high heels up my ass. <laughs> oh, Jesus Yeah. Oh, well, now you're scared? <laughs> no, I'm excited. Stay away from that phone. So PG&E sells off most of its large gas plants and all of its geothermal facilities. So this meant the company would buy power from the energy generators at fluctuating prices, right? So they're no longer controlling their own energy. <laughs> and they're also, because of the de- part of the deregulation was that they're, f- they're being controlled by the government and forced to sell power to consumers at a fixed cost. Uh-huh. And then profits from that subsidiary that's selling doesn't have to be used to save costs for the consumers if there's any 
issues, right? So they, so it's like they're splitting it off. And so normally they might have a big chunk of money. And if there's some sort of problem, they can they can um, keep it from passing on to the consumers. Right. Well, now they're taking so now they're, a bunch of money out and moving it over here. So now the consumers so now there's less, will, right. Yeah, there's, there's less, less space wiggle to, room, right? yeah, less okay. wiggle room. Um, customer advocates noted splitting it up and deregulation was an insane risk. The CEO, quote, if this were a guarantee, I'd sleep better at night. We take the risk if our costs go up. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, it's all on them. If yeah. the costs go up, they're going to take the hit. Great. Because they split the company in two. It's going to be fine. The thinking was with deregulations, PG&E could pay off all the debts from plants like Diablo Canyon and with the rate freeze, the company could take in more than it was paying for energy because they're buying it from cheaply out of state now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're looking at me weird, but you have you have rates that they that are that they're stuck on, and then and then they're going to buy stuff cheap. Mm-hmm. They can buy it cheap. Mm-hmm. Always going to buy it cheap. Mm-hmm. And then they're just making money. It's like printing money. Mm-hmm. No, That's, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. More money means more paying off the debt, so it's a win-win. Um, but here's something. One of the uh, biggest companies, uh, because the deregulation is happening at state levels, um, one of the biggest companies pushing that uh, is a little company called Enron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, now, yeah. and now Enron. Just, yeah. That name is Isabel. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did an episode on them. Right. Um, good, good, good folks. guys. Good folks. Up and up. Up, uh, up and comers. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't create any bullshit. No, sir. Completely outside of politics. Yep. Never fudged a number. Not once. Clean still as alive or still not in jail somewhere. Yeah. 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 So. Because they're now relying on, you know, the free market. It's like when two Batman villains get together. It's like, <laughs> hey, cool. Oh, cool. I've always wanted to see how the Joker and the Penguin kick it. <laughs> Basically, Enron has PG&E by the balls. Okay. Naturally, deregulation did not lead to cheaper out-of-state energy because Weird, that's that a scam. The, oh. So... <laughs> The California Public Utility Commission, the uh, I'll call it the PUC, is the one who sets PG&E's rates. And the PUC had told PG&E when deregulation happened to only sell half their gas plants, not all of them. Right. Just in case right. there was an issue. You need them. And they could then you could still make their them. own electricity. Right. Well, they didn't, obviously. They sold them all. And then PG&E also did not lock in any long-term contracts to buy electricity when the plants What's the big deal? But that's okay. Because they were like, we're going to buy it cheap. But but you're forgetting that they got rid of the half they were told to keep. Right. Yes. So so what we have here Uh is a plan A. Yeah. And... And sure Let enough, a drought. A drought came. Uh-huh. Well, that's fine. Remember, they had kept the only thing they had kept all of was the hydroelectric uh, power plants. But that's fine because for that, you uh-huh. oh dear. Oh my. Oopsie, poopsie. So PGE now has to buy Just m- spit on them. Everyone, come on. <laughs> we're going outside and we're gonna spit on them. 
<laughs> now they have to go buy most of their electricity from out of state. Which was the plan. It's going to be cheaper. Hey. And it's going to save consumers money it's either It's going to save way. consumers a lot of money. That's deregulation. That's absolutely right. Harry Snyder, lawyer for Consumers Union. Quote, so Duke Power, Enron, and the other independents came in and ate PG&E's lunch. Yeah, because they're just like, hey, we need some um, electricity if that's uh, – we're after that, a little uh, – we're kind of in the business of uh, – Yeah, we uh, – so, how did we get this before? Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, we made it, but that was so hard. Anyway, we're looking for like a two-for-one. <laughs> now, those companies yeah. were the ones that PG&E had sold – the power plants too. So this is a good. This is how business should be done. <laughs> hey, hey! Look at this old place. Yeah. And PG&E had sold the plants for what they thought was overvalued. So they thought they were taking them to the taking cleaners. them to the cleaners. And then these companies are like, "Let me show you what the cleaners are." Uh, have you heard of the long game? Yeah. The Enrons and Dukes created artificial shortages to jack up rates. So the unicorn of cheap deregulated energy never came. And the PUC now refuses to change PG&E rates because they were like, don't sell all the plants. Right. And this is all pg and doing. Right. So pg and is hemorrhaging cash, like $10, $10 million a day. And in April 2001, pg and files for Chapter 11 claiming $9 billion in debt. Cool. Well, it's been fun to hear about them, and I'm glad they're gone. <laughs> Quote, when PG&E files bankruptcy or is faced with a major incident, customers are forced to pay. After former Governor Jerry Brown signed Senate Bill 901, it was made easier for public utility companies like PG&E to pass along the cost to rate players as long as it was, it was just and reasonable. But what does that even mean? Who's determining that? That means... I, I Yeah, that means that Jerry Brown basically... Fucked was, us. Yeah, totally fucked us. But yeah. just and reasonable is like, so we're working with the honor system, <laughs> huge company that likes to suck money up and then shit in the water. <laughs> so the state uh, bails out PG&E. PG&E had spent about $25 million lobbying for deregulation and then received a $10 billion bailout from the state of California. Man, oh, man. So they're obviously, after that, they're, prob- they're gone, right? <laughs> no. or, or when you bail out a public utility, you... It becomes uh, a, a, a national... It becomes, a pr- pu- public utility. Yeah. No, you just let them keep doing what they're doing. Oh, cool. Well, I'm sure they learned a bunch of lessons knowing them. That really is so fuck. I guess that's one of the things, not to go off topic, but one of the things that's happening in East Palestine is that it's so close in the proximity of time to the shutting down of the strike to the catastrophe. Yeah. Not that they didn't, not that you were not having these spills, but like this one is like, it's not like, I mean, Trump obviously, I mean, you can trace back a lot of the issues to what's going on there, mm-hmm. but it's just, just happened where they're like, shut up, rail workers. Nobody needs to hear from yeah. you. And then it's like, fuck. Well, I wish someone had said uh, that was like two months ago. All uh, the rail workers said this is going to happen. Yeah. So, October 16th, 1999, the Pendola Fire burns 
11,725 acres. The fire was caused by a rotten pine tree that fell onto a power line. Oh, boy. PG&E was responsible for removing debris along power lines, which it had completely neglected yes, to do. Yes, Dave, they saved so much money. <laughs> Don't you understand? Don't you understand how much money they saved? A lot of money. PG&E settles the case for $14.7 million. Oh, insane. And then rolling blackouts begin. How weird. So weird. PG&E sends out a notice about energy prices to customers. Quote, Pacific Gas and Electric no longer produces the electricity we bring to your home. We don't make a nickel on the power we buy for our customers. What kind of weird letter is that? You're like, uh, okay, like, so look. Hey, um, we, uh, we don't really do it anymore, and um, we're not profiting. So this is going to be pretty bad. So here's the thing. Uh, you guys have heard of companies that don't make money, right? Yeah. That's us. Yeah. We don't make any money. So look, so then why am I paying you for a service? Uh, uh, I do it for love. Yeah, but why am I paying you for a service? What's that? Why am I paying you for a service? I buy from that guy. So then why aren't I paying that guy? Well, I just give it to you. But you don't. No you money. don't provide a service. I'm a company that doesn't make money. But what is the point of that? Hi. Hi. Shouldn't someone who I like is on being, the hook? I like being a middle guy. You I know? don't think we need that in this. What's the point of you? Like I'm like a guy. I'm like a guy. There's a flood. I'm a guy at a line taking a sandbag and I pass it to the next guy. Okay. But what if that next guy just. No, I'm not not even going to use that analogy or take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So why not get rid of you and I'll just go directly to that company and then they're on the hook for what they're actually doing. Why take the stuff from him? By the way, why is this letter written in cl- clipped out magazine letters? Don't worry about that. That's a special font we're using. It's, it's like just, a ransom oh, we're letter. We're not going to kill you. Is this someone's hair? Whose hair is this? It's fine. It's everybody's hair, kind why of. Why is there a thumbprint and blood at the bottom? That's just how we sign things What are now. you doing? Who are you? Don't worry about it. What the fuck do you mean? Suck on the hose. Oh my God, that's a living snake. (laughs) (sighs) It's really... That is crazy though. Like, what what are they... That year, after they sent out that notice, PG&E's profits increased by 26% in the third quarter alone. It's just... it's. it's they're paying off their debt, yeah. they're buying back their stock, and they're telling customers they're not making any money. It's... It, it really has just fully become the American dream. Oh, it's just insane. The American dream is to just be a part of a company that's just like, sorry, we made so much money off of that. And then we're all like, wait, what? Yeah, it's But our lives suck. They're like, well, yeah, what are you but ours do? are great. Maybe you guys should buy a politician. Maybe you guys should get in the gas business. Not that we're in it. On August 31st, 2001, the Chromate Toxicity Review Committee panel. So this is a panel that's been put together Mm -hmm. to look at uh, chromium-6 because, of course. It's not poisonous. That new report came out. So they're they're reevaluating. It's actually kids are getting it at lunch. Yeah. It's supposed to be pretty good for their silver bones. So they submit their official report on chromium-6. No link between cancer and ingesting chromium-6, even though chromium concentrations were described as, quote, alarmist and spuriously high. Would it be better if we just had no government or any agent? I'm serious. Is that better? Yeah. Because in a way, like, I think you think, like, well, there's, like, certain things that are... But obviously, getting rid of all of it would create, like, crazy... I mean, it would be crazy. But... 
it seems like you would just some lunatic with an eye patch would just come over at some point and just be like, here's what we're doing. And he'd be like smoking near it. And you'd be like, it's better. It's just better. <laughs> like, Den- like Dennis, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Hopper pa- from uh, Waterworld would Posting? be like in charge oh. of it. And he would, and he would just be, he would be in charge of it. And you'd be like, yeah, it's like crazy. And I mean, like, look, a lot of us are dying, but I think when you look at like the average of everything, most of us are actually happier and dying less. I mean, I can't really argue with that. (laughs) So the report relied on the Kemrisk 1997 bullshit study. Yeah. So, and by the way, what is the point of having them investigate a study that's already, like, why not do some, again, it's literally, we need to just start throwing them in these bodies of water and being like, drink it. Yeah. So good, drink it. Yeah. Go ahead. Have some. The Environmental Health Hazard Assessment Office then withdrew its public health goal for chromium amounts allowed in American water. Which is, was hopefully zero? Well, now it's... Now it's like, whatever, let's go. Whatever. Yeah. Welcome to Lake Chromium. Another law firm filed a lawsuit on behalf of 900 people for Chromium 6-related illnesses. Two years later, Senator Deborah Ortiz held a Senate hearing to investigate interference in the uh, Chromium Committee's findings. The the committee's findings. Uh Uh-huh. There, Aaron Aaron Brockovich denounced the panel, quote... The panel was conceived with noble purpose, but it became corrupt, skewed, and biased due to the undue influence from companies with a financial stake in its conclusions. Did I mention Dennis uh, Passenbach was on the panel? Oh, that's fine. That's cool. And another PG&E employee also? Sure. But they were probably there in like some different Yeah, they were role. just hanging out there. Yeah. yeah. They were there in a much more mm. straightforward Position. PGD and Chemrisk were not legally obligated to disclose their involvement with the panel. So, so Dennis, like, literally, what is the what? Is, what is, like, what are we? What are we doing? What are we doing? And this was like back when I would be like, things were pretty good. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Now we're just. It is just beyond. Yeah. So he was able to stay on the panel even though some people knew about it and couldn't draw any attention to it, you know, like consumer groups or whatever, because there's no legal reason to kick them off. Like you can't do anything. But then this is all revealed during the Senate hearing. So Dennis resigns from the panel (laughs) with great honor quote. Nonetheless, the panel's report still relied heavily on his work, lifting entire passages word for word from an earlier report. He had helped prepare for his industry clients. Nice. Around the time of this panel, Dennis drank a glass of water containing chromium-6 and soaked in a hot tub filled with the supposedly contaminated water There's to no prove way. it There's was harmless. no way. Yeah, There's he totally no lied. Way. Yeah. But he said he did it to prove it was harmless. Did, did he do it in front of anyone? I don't know. No, he was just like, I did it the other night. I do it every Sunday. <laughs> he then earned the nickname Dr. Evil. Wow, that's good. Yeah. I like that. Well, we finally found who Dr. Evil is. Yeah. Dennis continued to run Chemrisk and was the editor-in-chief for the Journal of Children's Health. I I just don't understand. I I don't understand. Okay. 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 It's so bad. Even beyond beyond it being allowed to happen, how does he he do it? 
he just how does he you mean, do how it? does he do it yes, and feel yes he has no soul he is, yes but how he is, is a dark possible? black cloud inside yes but that's not okay what well, how but that's who these people are but how all the people the norfolk train people they're all fucking evil inside they're no different than serial killers but they I are think, no different than I, serial killers. I think i think they have there's some there's some way where they convince themselves that it's not I don't. true you don't i think that they revel in causing suffering no are you yes serious? it's just insane. how else could they do it I don't, that's my question that's my question they are like serial killers they get off on causing the pain and suffering they get off on it Remember the dong guys you were talking about? Sorry. So these are these Sorry. are a different Dude, type quiet, of. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh yeah, you ever jacked it with a bit of chromium? Oh, talk about silvery lube. Oh, the skin came off. Oh, that's fine. Look at that. Oh. Uh. It really is like. Dennis was also appointed to a CDC. A prevention committee Chromium disease. that assessed the health effects of environmental chemicals by the Bush administration. Oh, my God. Oh, my Ta-da. God. CDC's fine, you guys. It's not corrupt at all. Uh, David Center Michaels. for Dung and Chromium. <laughs> David Michaels, professor, George Washington University School of Public Health and Health Services. Quote, we can only continue to think that PG&E paid Chemrisk to manufacture a study that would bolster its assertion that ingested chromium has not been shown to increase cancer risk. So they just straight up paid for it, and they yeah. got it. Yeah. They got it. That's that easy. In 2004, two fires, the Sim and Fred fires. Fred fire. Fred fire? I mean, what are we, we going to do with Fred fire? Who, like, that is a serious to, name? Yeah, that's what it was, the Fred fire. That guy, The guy, they're like, listen, um... Andy, we're going to actually take you off the naming committee. <laughs> All right. No, Fred. I got Larry coming up. No, no, no. I got no, Larry no, coming up. No, no, we're, it's just kind of Oh, like, there's the dog. <laughs> it's weird to just give him kind of oh, like. Oh, man. Like, like dude names is just sort of strange for us. Bernie. No. Yeah, you like it? No, I don't. Bernie's like burning. No. No, what I'm saying is like, I'm not saying that we, it's really helpful if you kind of name it after the region. And not just some, like, guy who maybe works in an office. Do you know what I'm saying? This town is Fred. No, it's not. That's not what this town's called. Yeah. No, this is Arrowhead. Arrow Fred. No, get out. Now, get out now. Get out now. Leave the paper you took and get out now. We know you've been taking copy paper. Get out now. The fact that your lips are moving and your eyes have that look of the wheels are sort of turning and that another word's going to come out of your head is not okay. Now get out now. Don't, no, no, no. I heard you say something, but I don't want to know what it is. Get out. Bridget. We like the diversity. (laughs) We're actually loving that a little bit. So the Sim and Fred fires burned about 8,000 acres of federal forest, and the fires were caused by PG&E power lines, which still lacked necessary safety features. This is eight years later. Two BG&E contractors, Western Environmental Consultants and Davy Tree Expert Company, were blamed for the fires for not clearing the vegetation. See, I think it's partially that they all do it, so there's like strength in numbers sure. of all the lunacy. I'm not saying they have souls, but it's it's like they all just 
get so used to like, you know, drinking virgin blood out of bathtubs at their little masked orgies that they're just like, man, it's cool. We're like the upper crust. I mean, you know, it's just these guys want to save money. They want to make money, yeah, and they're yeah. going to do it on the back of... Uh, By cutting back on what they should be doing. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, PG&E would eventually pay $6.1 The fact that every time you say M shocks me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you better, a B better be forming on those lips. So PG&E emerges from bankruptcy in 2004 after paying $10.2 billion to its hundreds of creditors. But which was basically paid for by a bailout. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. During that period, sadly, they could not pay dividends to their investors. Oh, Jesus. So people took a hit. Some people took a hit, buddy. You know what I mean? Sometimes. Yeah. You just. Let it out. You start to think that. Yeah. There's no justice in this world. Let it out, man. They're buying back the stock as best they can. God damn it. How are they going to afford their Zeppelin ride? I can't take it. They were so, they tried so hard. Here's the thing, though. Now they can pay dividends again after 2004. It's not good enough. They better be huge. Don't make it up. So PG&E had wanted to split the company into four parts with three under federal control, but the judge would not allow it, the bankruptcy judge. (laughs) It's always amazing when a good judge pops up. Yeah. Um, so PG&E would go forward as an intact company under PUC regulation. The day of the bankruptcy announcement that they came out and they're, you know, back, back to business, PGA's corporate shares were at $29, triple their price of $11 almost on the eve of bankruptcy filing. So Wall Street loves a winner. So they they went into bankruptcy and their stock almost tripled. Right. <laughs> uh, consumers would now get higher rates, expected to be six point two billion to eight point two billion above market prices through two thousand and twelve, an average of thirteen hundred to seventeen hundred per customer. Oh my god! It's just uh, I I don't I they. A side effect of chromium must be malaise. <laughs> I don't get it. They don't care. I, but I, not them. Us. Oh, us. Oh, us. I yeah, don't yeah. get it. I, I don't get. I, I think that people are. People know. There's I, nothing. I know know. There's nothing That's what you I'm can saying, do. Though. There's nothing you can do to get politicians to do anything. Everybody and, knows that. But beyond that, it, it's. It, what you mean, like burn it down? No. Like some ver, you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, like yeah. go to one of their parties and just be like, "I'm gonna cut like their stomachs." Yeah, or like, <laughs> "Why don't we burn down PG&E's office?" Yeah, like yeah. No, I get it. I mean, France would not put up with this. Oh my god, France! So in 1996, there was a fire. We uh, uh, have eaten all the board members. Uh, <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> That's weird. Yes, yeah, we any... made a statue out of our turds. Out of what? Our turds. Why? Yeah, because fuck them. Fuck them? What took so long? What are you doing? Smoking near power lines. <laughs> <laughs> in 1996, there was a fire at a Mission Street substation, and the fire department had a hard time locating where the fire was. That's bad. Afterwards, a report was issued on actions that 
should be taken to stop the fires at the substation and improve fire detection. And PG&E did nothing. Mm-hmm. PG&E's insurance department completed surveys in 1997, in 1998, in 2000, and in 2002. Four to six years after the 1996 fire and report, uh, the same issues remained. None were resolved. Is that a problem? It's good. This is good. Towards fixing something, I've often found that no adjustments is good. A step in the right direction. Yes. Right. In December, on December twentieth, two thousand and three, a fire occurred at PG&E's Mission Substation. It resulted in whoa, a whoa, whoa, what, <laughs> what? But we did so much nothing. From out, we did all the nothings. We did everything we weren't doing. Like we got the whole report. We didn't do any of it. How like, much more can we not do? What are we supposed to do? Good Lord. Less? More? Oh, my Lord. It resulted in a complete shutdown of the substation and left more than 100,000 customers in San Francisco without power, including many downtown retail stores filled with shoppers on the peak holiday shopping weekend. There was substantial smoke at the substation, but the fire that was the source of the smoke could not be located. You know, it would be interesting to see if they maybe did something (laughs) towards being able to locate that for the future. Just a wild idea. So the fire department left. They couldn't find the fire. That's a good sign, right? When you're like, did you put it out? (laughs) No. Just a lot of smoke. We're going to go to Jersey Mike's. (laughs) What? (laughs) We're done. Five hours later, PG&E located the fire and called the fire department back. Oh, my God. And they put it out. Service would not be restored until the next night. Total damages to retailers and businesses was $4 million. Mm. The city launched an investigation and discovered it was exactly the same as the 1996 fire and PG. He had done nothing to fix the problem. The city demanded PG. They wanted a fight of 4.6 million. This, the PUC wanted a fight of 10 million and PG and he settled for 6.5 million. Okay. And surely they've changed. They learned their lesson. Yes. Well, that's never going to happen again. I can assure you. Hmm. In 2005, Lisa Nash, a 47-year-old mother of two, was walking to her new job on Kearney Street in San Francisco when an underground transformer exploded. Uh, Fire shot up through the sidewalk. The explosion lifted two six-ton cement and steel vault covers. It also threw a manhole cover 30 feet into the air. Oh, my God. A nearby storefront was set on fire. Uh. Lisa, quote, I remember opening my eyes. I can't believe we're hearing a quote from her. (laughs) Seeing a cloud of black smoke and thinking to myself, thank God I can still see. Lisa suffered third-degree burns on her hands, arms, and feet, second-degree burns on her face, chin, neck, and ears. She had major fractures on her arm and a shattered elbow. Burns covered 40% of, bo- of her body. She was put into a five-week medically-induced coma. A PG&E spokesman. We want to credit Lisa for a great nap. And <laughs> what, 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 I cannot wait for this. Quote, we're very sorry she was injured by our equipment in this explosion. We want her to know that PG&E is going to do the right thing for the family. We've offered to pick up the cost of all of her medical treatment. I don't. 
See, this is how generous are they, Gareth? They are going to pay for her medical treatment. Like the idea that there's a world where you wouldn't <laughs> in their heads, that that's the gift. Like imagine like hitting someone's car and being like, you know, I want to do the right thing <laughs> and uh, and help you y'all, take care of this. Y'all, I'll help you take care of that. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lisa Nash survived after two months of intensive care in the hospital, and she would win a $20 million lawsuit against PG&E. And we just want to thank her for suing us. We did the right thing and (laughs) did what the court said. Really good work by her. We feel like uh, we're donating $20 million to the Lisa Nash Foundation (laughs) because the judge said that the jury said we had to because of this lawsuit. Yeah. In 2006, PG&E paid $295 million to 1,100 more people for chromium-related illnesses. The very last Hinkley claim was settled in 2008 for $20 million. That year, the National Institute of Health found that chromium-6 did indeed cause cancer in mice when ingested. And they My, eat- in my, mice. Mice ain't people, Jack. Okay, that's fair. Shut up. That's fair. Yeah. The EPA began a review of, quote, chromium-related effects based on new science. I love the idea that they were, like, letting, they were just like, well, it was settled a while ago. Like, you need, like, an update? You're telling me this chemical is bad? But look at this fake report that was funded by people who work for the company. That's the thing. Everybody knows it's a fake fucking report. Everybody That's knows it's a fake so fucking like, report. So now it's like, and now they're like, oh. we should uh, We should go back and take a look at this. I think we should take a look at this now. Imagine how many people got fucked by yeah. chromium in that time because yeah. they're like, yeah, just go ahead and put it anywhere. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? It's good for you. We're basing on the fake report. The fish love it. It's like silver bait. The plume in Hinkley had continued to spread despite requirements for a cleanup. In 2010, it was discovered contaminated water had infiltrated the deeper lower aquifer. PG&E began selling bottled water to Hinkley residents. Uh, we're going to do the right thing and sell water to the residents. <laughs> we, uh, boy, we feel terrible about poisoning your aquifers, so we're going to do the right thing, and we're going to sell you uh, a bottle of this uh, heavily plastic uh, water for uh, three fifty a bottle. No, 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 no. I see the pitchforks and the torches. We insist. We want to do what's right. We want it. This was an act of God. We, we want to do what's right. We feel terrible. And luckily, we'll be able to make a little money off the water business. <laughs> God, we feel bad. <sighs> and they also started buying up property of people who started leaving. Oh, my God. It's... It, <laughs> It is a good business model in yeah. every metric. Uh, yeah, they're making money. And they're buying property and they're selling water. By 2013, the Hinkley Chromium Plume had expanded from two miles long and one mile wide to six miles long and four miles wide. PGE had spent $700 million trying to fix the situation. A PBS journalist asked PGE's lead on the cleanup why it was taking so long. Quote, it's a very complex project. We are highly regulated. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Yeah! Uh. 
there's a lot of interested uh-huh. parties. The other thing is, it's very important to us that we get it right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so great. It's I, I am. I'll tell you what. I'm coming around the other way now. I'm starting to like them. I'm starting to like them a little bit. Oh man, the absolute cojones. PG&E said it had already cleaned 54 acres of contaminated water and built a half-mile concrete barrier to contain the plume. They also pumped ethanol into the ground to convert chromium-6 into the more benign chromium-3. That's also... <laughs> That's very common now. That's what they're doing to everything. They're pumping in... Another... Like, well, there's a lot of deep aquifers in California that are, are uh, full right. of toxins, and so they're, they're going to pump in other stuff to break up the... That's what they do with... Uh, with oil spills too, yeah. where they do Corexit. And yeah, it, that turned out great. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Gave you little fun black balls to play with when you're on the base of the ocean. Hey, look, it's a seven-eyed shrimp. Hey, all right. Oh, look at this. GR, you like jumbo shrimp? Heard a man-sized shrimp? <laughs> that seems like a dong. Yeah. Sorry. Huh? Water dong. Underwater dong. <laughs> Pigeony said it began planting acres of alfalfa to irrigate the tainted hey, water. Hey, uh, Pigeony, uh, fuck you! And then they're feeding the alfalfa to chickens at the chicken farm that they. So they're like, "Look here at Pigeony Farms, we're a utopia. <laughs> it's just outside of the land. It's a cycle of life. Yeah, you grow alfalfa, the chickens eat it, the chickens drink, the chickens it's die. Lot, it's a lot like when we feed people chromium through water." <laughs> But Hinkley residents now started reporting high levels of arsenic and manganese in their wells. Jesus Christ. Is it just me or does Hinkley seem like a bunch of whiners? <laughs> PG- they don't stop. pg insisted those chemicals occurred naturally and had always been there. Those have always been there. Just check. Well, that's part one. Next time is part two, or as I call it, the fires. Oh, does it get worse? Oh, <laughs> yes. God. It's so bad. It's just like it, it, we are. If the you... idea, let me just say mm-hmm. this, and then you can do your thing. The idea that we are an actual country that 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 we walk around that 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 like that we put the flag at half mat. Like the flag should no longer be raised. It should always be at half mat. Just mast. on the ground. Yeah, it should like like all the the fact that we have the 4th of July, the state of the union, that we have flag pins. We're just not a country. No. We're just not. It's just we're not. it's it's just a joke. We're 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 uh we are uh, a product for companies to harvest. Yeah, we we are like we are. a zombied body. Yes, and now whatever like the the thing is that's in the brain that ate it and is controlling us to just go around and find other brains to eat. We're that. Yeah, and meanwhile, people are like that's the best guy on earth. All right, now <laughs> you can check. <laughs> if 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 you if we don't burn down. Uh, the Norfolk headquarters, this keeps happening. Like, I mean, that's the response has to be crazy. Yeah. Those people in Ohio are not going to go through everything the Hinkley people went through and there will be no help that I don't care what anybody says. They're good. Fucked. There was a woman, um, uh, uh, oh, God damn it. I forgot. I forgot the name of the, uh, the journalist, but, um, 
Jordan. Uh, anyway, Peterson, you like that? Jordan guy. Peterson. He uh, there's a guy out there on the ground and he's talking to people. Oh yeah. And um, he got arrested. No, no. Oh. Uh, uh, they're out there right now talking to people. And um, there's a woman and she uh, she has like four kids, I think. Okay. And uh, she she was gone for a few days uh, because of you know the spill and then they said it was safe to come back and mm-hmm. she came back and her one-year-old was like lethargic and like you know just shit coming out of his nose and you know looks like he has a terrible cold but really really bad off and she's taken to the hospital um what do you think they did right when he got to the hospital um that's right a chemical shower oh my god So that's what's going on there. Uh, and they're not going to get help unless we all fucking scream. Well, and do, you know. They've already gone around and tried to get people to sign things that basically waive their liability. Yeah. They've offered everyone there a thousand. They did the bottled water thing where they offered everyone a thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, they're trying, they're apologizing. They're trying to do it. They're trying to get away with it. Yep. Because it's blown up, pardon the pun, into a, into an actual story. Because it's it's. And thank God for David Sreda at the the lever because they've been putting the most pressure on. Uh, well, sta- the, status coop, coop. Go to uh, yeah, go to uh, uh, go to status coop and and watch the videos. Um, it's unbelievable. But they the again like the the whole model is that damage, destroy, kill, get away with it. It, if it makes you profit. Yeah. And that's just like the, you know, there's just, there's no humanity to the business in this country anymore. Right. Not, not that, not that we've had that for a long time, but it is now, it, it's sweet. It's, 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 it's well, a joke. It's, it's peak. It's, it's, you know, it's the end of capitalism. It's, yeah. it's what Marx predicted. Like, and then, and then when it comes to this thing, it, to me, it doesn't, I don't understand why. So, there are a lot of problems that lead to shit like this, and there's a lot more problems going on outside of this. But with this in particular, it was, right, if I have this correct, it was um, Obama wanted to change the way the braking system worked. Mm-hmm. That kind of got, uh, that kind of got, the brakes kind of got put on that yep. um, because of, you know, corporate influence. Yep. Whatever changes were uh, going to be made or were made, Trump basically reversed or mm-hmm. stopped. Yep. And then Biden didn't do anything to change that. And then yep. when it came to the railway strike, the, the Democrats who were in power at the time fully sort of shut that all down. Yep. And... And now what you have is you have people saying this was Trump's doing. Yeah. And you have people saying this is, you know, Biden and and Buttigieg, this is their doing. Yeah. And you have these two camps sort of arguing over whose fault it is. Right. Without just recognizing the clear unification between the moment, which is that fuck Trump and fuck who's in power now, because the idea that they couldn't reverse what Trump did is totally crazy. Mm-hmm. People need to stop being brainwashed by one of the two political parties in this country. It, you, you are capable of walking and chewing gum at the same time. You can think that Trump is a disgusting, lying, traitorous shitbag, 
as well as agreeing that the Democrats did nothing to undo the traitorous shitbags doing because they're also completely corrupted and corporately influenced. Yeah. And so when you live under a duopoly, the, the whole reason why they're able to get away with the rigged game is because we look at it like we're NFC, AFC teams, and we just want our side to take home the trophy. And it's just, it's how they get away with it. They just, they, the, the, the pendulum swing between these two, we're going to make your lives better. No, we're going to make your lives better. And nothing gets better. I, I just, I, I, I can't fucking, and, and I, I mean, you and I both take so much shit for talking like this because it. Well, look. And and th- I, this was partially for the brakes, but there was other there's other bigger problems with the trains. The brake system we we have on our trains are Civil War era technology. In England, the brakes we should have started being introduced in the 1920s and became standard in the 1950s. So you don't get to blame one president; you get to blame 50 fucking years of them, yeah. 70 years of them. They all could have fucking done it. They're all corrupt, and they don't. That's it. That's and the bottom line. They keep letting the rollback of safety because, to what we're talking, to what you're talking about in this story, you have you have <laughs> they whittled it down to you have two or three people on these trains. Yeah, and then it went down to one person. Yeah, and now we're like, we need two people back on the train. It's like <laughs> that you can't live under a system that has to every quarter make more money. You right. just can't. No, it doesn't it work. It won't it's going to at some point they're going to like it's going to be like the the penguin episode. At some point they're going to be throwing us in fiery vats to turn us into oil and we're going to be like, "Oh gosh, I, uh. you, you know what I can see happening? I can see like all, uh, the Congress going, "Okay, let's give them money to fix everything or and, and investigate." Then they, and then they don't fix it. Yeah, no. I mean, that's that, that's the uh, that's what we always do. Yeah. We go, and you're Here's right. It. Investigate themselves. They, that's what's happening. Yeah. Oh, Norfolk, yeah. Norfolk is supposed to clean up. Are there no other companies that can clean up environmental Well, when spills? they said that the water was safe to drink there. <laughs> with all the dead fish in it. With all the, de- with all, with all the clear like chem- chemical ripples in the water. When they were saying that water was safe to drink, that was like – that was government agencies saying, yeah, well, they basically said that. Yeah. The water is safe to drink, but one-year-olds are getting chemical showers when they go to the ER. Yeah. Um, but can we just say quickly, it is great to live in a country where you can actually light your tap water on fire. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, research was done by Todd Knack, um, a million sources. So I'm going to read uh, some of the books. A sketch. You're going to read the books out loud yeah, now? Yeah, the whole book. Jesus Christ. A sketch of the life of Peter Donahue of San Francisco uh, by Crocker and Company. A history of California. Uh, Hubert Bancroft, Concise, Concise Encyclopedia of the History of Energy by Cutler Cleveland, uh, The Centennial Story of Pacific Gas and Electric Company by Charles Coleman, uh, Forgotten Pioneers, Irish Leaders in Early California by Thomas Pennegrast, The American Irish, A Political and Social Portrait by William Shannon, um, and then there's just a ton of, uh, there's so many different um Articles, so I'll just I'll post it all up in the sources. But you know, it's knowing what I know about the part two that's coming, it's going to be great. 
These are my favorite. There's so many good. My little... favorite are when you can hear the footsteps coming to your doorstep. Yeah, there's so many of the good little um, moments of uh, coming up in the next one of uh, <laughs> what they said and what they did and their emails and like Ugh. just how fucking how these people aren't communicating through carrier pigeon anymore. Well, the corruption is off the charts. And again, I, I call them serial killers. They're serial killers. Yeah, they they, they kill. Why? Give one, give one CEO the death penalty. Yeah, one. No, prosecute. Prosec- totally. If you st- yeah, it's just- one. <laughs> That's it. Give one the death penalty. Yeah, one, yeah. and it's all over. Yeah, uh, the entire game falls apart. Uh, just takes one. Uh, God, and just br- I, I, you know what? And to the point of like selling bottled water, make it an event. Make it. Let's. It should be on like Fox should air. Yeah, and you can sell like Little Caesars can do like bumper ads, <laughs> and you can have him in like you know like a Mountain Dew like guillotine or whatever. Yeah, you know you could really. I'm saying you could do it the American way. We yeah. could we could find advertisers. We need one. DA in one town. Just to fucking go ape shit. Go ape shit. We what we we this is this is the greatest idea ever. <laughs> we need to just stack a town with people who are like, we're going to behead the CEO. Yeah. And then it's just like they'll be like, what the fuck? These lunatic be like, sorry. Take over and become the DA of Hinckley. Yeah. And just you uh, know, whatever that oh in that God. county, whoever it is, take it over and then just fucking go, okay, death penalty's on the board. Look, we should just move there and just start doing this. Uh. <laughs> uh. All right, well, cheerio. Gobble gobble. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there.